You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post a- What up, friend? How you doing, brother? Doing good. What's up with you? Not much, man. Um, th- we are coming. This is a weird timeline. We're a little bit ahead, so yeah. I don't even really want to get into any kind of current event stuff. But I will speak to the future. Uh, we might be having some new listeners that are joining us currently. I hope because so. as of today, this episode coming out. Unless you're on the Patreon and you're listening to this a little bit earlier, as of today, uh, uh well, it ha- actually happened a little early. Last week, uh, uh it came. The episode of uh, we did an episode. Well, I did an episode with uh, Elaine and Ashley from the Morbid Podcast. Had a super fun time. Uh, Fran was not able to join us for scheduling conflict yeah. reasons. Do you want to get anything up? Nah, <laughs> you don't want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> shout out to them though. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, no, I had a fantastic time. We'll <laughs> definitely have to join them again doing yeah. the crossover type of situation. But to anybody that's new here. Welcome. Uh, um, you know, if you're if you're over here from there, obviously it's a little bit different. But I like to think yeah. that we do a little bit. We have a little bit of the same energy. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely bust their ass on their research and stuff like that, and we do so as well. But just so it's, we 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 kind of keep it a little more cliff noty over here. So yes. you know, just just bear that in mind. But I will be putting up the episode, the interview where I interviewed uh, Lena. That was how we met. Uh, I interviewed her on the little podcast that I do where I interview podcasters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be I'll be kind of spamming that on the internet this week because of their episode coming out. If people want to hear me and Elena interact other ways, that'll be another way that you can hear it. But that's super cool. Super excited to have new people here. That's great. That's awesome. Um, it was a great time. Mm-hmm. We had some fun conversations. And Fran will be there next time for sure. Yeah, lucky you. I don't want to say lucky me. You know, I think my talent and my gumption got me where I've, where I've gotten so far. And you were supposed to be there, but there was scheduling conflicts. So your talent and gumption got you where you were, too. But you just, you know, the schedules didn't yeah, line man. up. You know? I'm, I'm still bummed, man. I'm still, I'm, I really wanted to meet those. I mean, I've... I've Talk to Elena, but I really wanted to, you know. Ash was really disappointed that she didn't yeah. get to talk to you and meet you. You know, was, I know. Right? Well, I, hey, same, samesies. Next, next time, next yeah. time, and the gay. Hey, there will be a next time. I know it will. Man. You know, I, I just missed the, the for I, I missed this opportunity. You know, it was an opportunity where I get to meet them. You know, these. But it's all good though. I'm not. We're not going to sit here. I'm not going to be too bummed about it or whatever. I'm not yeah, going to sit in my soapbox about it. But it's, it's all good though. It's all good. Hey man, Grace guys are going to clear up. Put on a happy face. You know what I mean? Sure. And uh, let's get through this podcast. Now, like I said, I'm not really trying to touch on too much stuff that's going on, but mm-hmm. is everything good with you? Halloween's approaching. Have you figured out a costume? Like, nah, are you doing that kind of uh, stuff? No, are I have a costume this year? Am I? Probably. I'll probably wear one this year. But you have no have, prospects for one no, so far. Uh, uh, Sophie says she wants to be like a skeleton, so that may change. She could be Phoebe Bridgers. That, no. That may change. <laughs> that may change. Have you played her Phoebe Bridgers? No. She might love it. You don't know. I don't want that dark music in my house, man. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the devil's music or something Are like that. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive. Then what would you call it? What would you categorize Melancholic. It? It's a little... It's sad. What's the difference between that and... Dark implies devilish. evil. Yeah, it's not evil music. It's just like sad. Sure. Life is sad sometimes. 
Well, this is this is her time of the year happy. where she oh. where she uh likes to be sad. Not talking about Phoebe. But this time no, of year this is not. She doesn't like a famous. come out or appear in the this time. She's, she's always around. She's like a bee, but she just is. But opposite. She come. You know, bees go into. Oh please no! Well, I didn't know you she, were. A, she goes. I didn't know you. Okay, no, go into this. I didn't know you were a bee <laughs> oh, wait, expert. I'm, I'm gonna use another. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use another no, no. analogy. I'm gonna go with birds. You know, birds go south uh-huh. during, during this winter time. That's what she does. She comes out uh, just the opposite. So well, during the winter time, she during the summertime, she's gone in her cave. Wow, writing. Cave. She's writing, writing to writing. come back she's, out when it gets cold and in. sad. Halloween comes when Halloween is approaching us. She comes out. I have a new album. I don't know how she talks. I don't know. I can't do an impersonation of her. But I, you know what? I'm not. Uh, it could. Honest, I mean, you say you she put comes it out with like a rash voice because she hasn't summer. talked. She hasn't talked in like no, no. six she months. Hasn't had water. She just. Oh, thank you guys. No, she's got to get herself together. She got to build it back yeah, up. Yeah, she's got to get her strength back yeah. up. Uh, is that what Phoebe Bridges is? I mean, she's not a summer artist, so you might be hitting some accuracies. But I know I am. I know I've done my research. You haven't. But anyway, has she dropped an album recently? No, it's been a while. It's been a while, and it will probably be cold when. How long? Comes it, how long has it been? Not to get too far down the rabbit hole. Probably a couple of years. A couple of years, but when? What part of the year did it drop? It was. It was a, like a early. But it was like January. It was a cold, but it wasn't October. Hmm. It's just a skeleton costume, okay. man. She's out all the time. She's right. out all year round. She has gray hair, doesn't she? <laughs> She's really it's leaning little, into this. It's huh? a little white. Yeah, it's a <laughs> whitish, whitish hue. A little platinum white. Okay. Whatever, man. She's really talented. shout out to her though. I bet she is great. She's I haven't really listened to her. She's really awesome, and I I'd bet, like man. to. I'd like to kick it with her one day. She seems like a cool person to have a beer with. Me speaking things into existence. Anyway, so you don't know what you're gonna do for Halloween, no. costume wise or anything like that. Nah, that's fine. Um, one more announcement that I'll make before we get into the shout outs. Um, I am going to Los Angeles in December. Our friend okay. Les has a show out there. Um, I'm gonna go to support the show, Ooh. and so any LA listeners who are in the area in Holly in the Hollywood area, if you want to come out to the venue, which is the Hotel Cafe, if anybody okay. wants to come to the Hotel Cafe on December 9th, get your tickets. Is that a weekend? Uh, it's is a it Friday. A, okay, December 9th is a Friday. Get your tickets. Come I out. Answer my question though. Is it a weekend? I saw you staying the weekend. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was, yeah, Friday, man. Um, yeah, I'm staying from Friday to Sunday. Okay. Les is apparently he's leaving Saturday, so he wants me to fly in. He wants me to change my date to Thursday, and then I leave Saturday because he doesn't want to have want me to have friend have fun with his LA friends while he's gone. Because that's how much of a brat he is. (laughs) Mm. So I'm thinking about it. If it doesn't cost too much money, I'm like, hey man, you can't stay. Don't stay here longer. No, my friends, it's FOMO to the highest degree. Like you can't have fun with my friends without me here. Shout out to Les. I get that. Yeah. So he wants me to change it from the eighth to the tenth, which would be Thursday to Sunday. Okay. Thursday to Saturday. Yeah. I'm only staying three days regardless. So if it doesn't cost too much money to change the dates around a bit, I'll do it. But if it does cost a lot of money to do that, I'm just going to be kicking it with. They're the friends we went to Europe with, so I know them on my, okay. on my own too, but they are more his friends. So I, I get his like brattiness about it. I don't get it. I get it. I get it. I totally it, get he's it. my friend and I get his brain. Yeah. And so it's bratty, but I get it. I get his brattiness. Um, but yeah, if you're in the Hollywood area on December 9th and want to come out to a fun show, it's going to be, he's a hell of a showman. I'll be there. We can, you know, get a round of beers and, you know, toast and dance and have a good time if you want to come out. Uh, Hotel Cafe, Hollywood, December 9th. You know, please come out. Let's have a good time. Anyway, friend, let's get into these shout outs. Oh, yeah. I'll turn that up a little bit. 
Oh yeah, it's time for some shout outs, friend. You know we got nothing but love for everybody that joins and gets the extra content over there on Patreon. Mm-hmm. The serial killers, the affirminators officially, those ones over there. You know, the real ones. I mean, not that we're, y'all. Hey, 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 you guys are all real. I mean, sorry, let me settle down. You guys are all real. Hey, man. I love all of you guys. But it's a little something more special we got going on over on Patreon. And you know what it is, everybody over there. And we got some new inductees, friends. So let's get to shout them out. Up first, we got Sarah C hyphen r shout out to you you are a real one thank you for supporting the podcast and thank you for uh, getting over there on patreon i hope you're enjoying the content over there up next we got becca p becca much love and appreciation you're a heck of a person that rhymes becca hecka i'm doing a thing you know i'm grinding up next we got marcia 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 p shout out to you keep doing your thing love the hair it looks blonde, but I can't tell from a distance. Either way, keep doing your thing. Up next, we got Jenny from the block. Jenny E, much love and appreciation. We love what you're doing over there. She's got a, I think she's got a filter on her picture that's giving her devil horns. Nope, I'm wrong. They're teddy bear ears, Fran. Uh, up next, we got Caria. Caria, Sicario, a Mexican assassin. Caria S, shout out to you. Keep doing your thing out there in the world. Keep prospering. Bundle up, it's getting cold in the world unless you live in a warmer climate And if that's the case, uh, screw you And don't brag about it You know what, Karia? I see you on there bragging on the internet Talking about how warm you are I know you live in Albuquerque, New Mexico Get over it Up next we got Leslie G A real G And Fran, real G's keeping silent Like what? Like lasagna Man, you messed that up You (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't get it out at all I had some Cacio Pepe chips in my throat. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, like Fran said, real G's moving silence like lasagna. Uh, up next, we got REC. Shout out to REC. Keep doing your thing. Loving the smile um, and loving. It looks like I bet you're in, uh, on a Mexican vacation. Just something about the way the sun's hitting your skin. I think you're on vacation and keep it up. You should always be on va- Every day's a vacation. Love it. Love to see it, Ari. And uh, yeah, those are the new inductees into the Patreon Hall of Fame. We love and so and, and think you guys are all great. Also, uh, there was a thing that I didn't get to touch on last week, and I don't have the information in front of me right now, but it begs a conversation for a later date. Um, there was a woman in Kansas City who was missing, and people were asking the authorities to take it serious and look for her, and the police were like, eh, it's not that big a deal. I'm sure she'll turn, turn back up. And then they ended up finding her in a, the home of a guy who had abducted had, had abducted her and was keeping her captive in his basement. And oh, so she's alive. She is alive. Okay, good. But it speaks to the way black women aren't believed in the medical field, in the authority field, you know. And and, and it's uh, really fucked up that people were like, "Hey, man, this is serious. She's missing. Something's not right." And they didn't believe it. They dismissed the people that were saying that, and they ended up finding this woman. Like at the, you know, in the grasps of who knows, a killer, who knows what yeah. this guy is. He's at least uh, an abductor and had her captive in his basement. So, you know, that speaks to every time I see videos about um, black women die at such a higher rate in hospitals than other races of women because yeah. people think that they're over over dramatizing their pain or being, you know, extra and, and it's not really that serious. And then, and then they end up dying. Serena Williams has a, a, a story like that, you know, where she was pregnant and, you know, people weren't really believing that she was having complications and they thought she was being dramatic. So, you know, it's, you know, just got to got to change that, man. And that's, you know, that's, that's why diversity is important and you need people in, in rooms of, you know, where the stakes are high. You need people that look like everybody represented so that, you know, 
people can feel heard and seen. But anyway, um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Uh, Fran, before you jump into things, I just also wanted to make an announcement. I forgot this week, the, the plan this week anyway, if you're listening to this, if you're a member of the LGBT community, we are looking to do a town hall. We would like to do a town hall on the LGBT experience and what allyship looks like to you. So as P2 people who are trying to be better allies and or just allies in general, I, you know, I don't I don't really know if I'm doing the things that are necessary to be an ally. And that's not up for me to decide or Fran. So we would love to hear from people on what that looks like to you and just your experience in general. We want to know what it's like to walk in your shoes and, and, and give you a platform to speak your mind and your peace and, you know, the trials and tribulations of the world of today slash what we can do as people to try to make that a little less of a trying thing, not to speak and, you know, be grandiose, but I'm just saying, you know, a little bit goes a long way and how we can make little changes in our minds to affect the world in a better way. So um, the plan is that we'll be doing that Thursday. DM the Affirmative Murder Instagram if you would like to give us your phone number so we can call you, figure out times and everything like that. It's uh, Affirmative Murder Pod on Instagram. Hit us up. And, uh, yeah, we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. Anyway, Fran, throwing it over to you. So my um, Affirmative Murder this week is about the B1 Butcher. My sources are the uh, Wikipedia and the Namibian. Mm, that's a country yes. in Africa. And Yes. So it's right next to South Africa mm-hmm. and Botswana. Botswana. Mm, Botswana. Yeah. So... Let's get into it. So the B1 Butcher got its name from the Namibian media because all of the all of there we don't know this is unsolved, so uh-huh. we don't know if it's a we don't know he or she, we don't know who this is. Yeah. Right. So they they got the name because of all their murders that have been found in close proximity of the Namibian National Road B1, mm. which crosses the country from north to south. And the butcher part of his name. He got that from just, you know, we'll leave that to your imagination. Sure. Can I tell you why I know of the country Namibia? Namibia? No. Okay, continue. Sorry. What? Oh, can you tell me? Oh, I thought, yeah. you, I oh. thought you asked me, <laughs> like, do you um, know why I know the country? <laughs> that's, yeah. how, that's how I heard it. Okay. <laughs> I like, no, I don't. I don't yeah, know. don't tell me. No, you cannot. Can I? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> um, well, um, apparently, mm-hmm. there are a lot of, like, um, colonials, uh, you know, like white white folks from like South Africa yeah. and European countries mm-hmm. that go over to Namibia, both male and female, go over there to to fuck, really uh, to fuck young Namibian people. Because you know, when we went to Jamaica and you see the people like on the beach selling necklaces, yeah, yeah. it's this that's their kind of tourism. To my you know, to my knowledge, like there's young guys, you know, seventeen to twenty years old that are like, yeah, a woman will come here with money. They'll put me up in a hotel for a few days. I'll get to live nice, eat good food. They'll put some money in my pocket. And on you know, in the darker side, when the guys come, it, they go younger, and it gets it gets dark for sure. I'm sure it's dark on the women's side too, but on the men's side, I hear things about like 14 year old girls and things like that. So that's gross. That's my only knowledge of the country of Namibia that that's a kind of a problem that people are coming there and kind of taking their pick of the locals wow. to pay them to have sex for sex with them because they're in desperate situations. But hmm, anyway, I didn't know so that. on top of that, they also have murder. So yeah, you know, it's a uh, you know rough times in Namibia. So body parts were found in June and July of 2007 in the Thomas region along the B1 in the greater Winhoke area between uh, Rehoboth and Okahandra. Mm. These body parts were wrapped in garbage bags and belonged to two different women. 
As far back as 2005, two similar unexplained murders of women occurred. These two murders have subsequently also been blamed on the B1 butcher. Mm. So Santa Helena Gores, age 36, was born in a village of Cochrane on December 14, 1970. Her 66-year-old mother, Lena, had the unfortunate nightmare of having to identify her body. Mm. Her daughter's remains were at the police mortuary in Winhoke on Friday morning. She identified the female torso, human head, and two thighs found laying next to the main roads to the north, east, south of Winhoke. Senna, she was last seen in Winhoke the Wednesday morning of June 13th when she was spotted outside of the Zumwert restaurant on Independence Avenue in the city center. Mm. Three days later, sometime during the early afternoon of June 17th, a female human torso dissected into two parts oh. were found in a rubbish bin at a, lay- at a lay-by next to the B1 road, which is about 42 kilometers north of Winhoke. Mm. So I'm guessing the, some type of like layover for like, you know, trucks or something. Uh-huh. I'm not like sure. A, like a rest stop? Yeah, like a rest stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So one of the detectives, Amulungu, sorry, Amulungu, oh, got it, got it, man. <laughs> uh, said that an old bullet wound was found in one of the thighs that, you know, the mother of Santa, she, that's how she recognized, you know, oh, the she body. She knew that her daughter had an, a bu- an old bullet in her leg. Yeah. I know wow. she must have got shot, you know, sometimes. What's this? I wonder what the story is behind that. I don't know, man. Um, so that was kind of, you know, that helped her recognize the body parts of her daughter. Yeah. Right? And there was another discovery of body parts made on Wednesday from this when this record was when this article was written, mm. which helped unlock the riddle of the of the identity of the person whose torso had been found four weeks ago. So they found Santa's body uh-huh. and another body and another body. Yeah, a human head was found, two lower legs and two feet, of which the three middle toes of of each were cut off. Ooh, that feels intentional. These body parts were found laying next to the B6 Trans Kalahari Road, uh, which, was, which is about 21 miles from Winhoke. And the police said that the face of the head was reported to still be recognizable. Mm. Another body that was discovered was Melanie Jantz. Her body was discovered next to, to, to a part of the Western Bypass section of the B1 Road near the Van Eck Power Station on August 20th, 2005. A friend that knew these two women... Santa and Melanie. Mm-hmm. She was a former commercial sex worker. Okay. She was interviewed by the Namibian, and which, she said she was the, like the local newspaper. Yeah, just, the just local newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, yeah. Uh, she said that she was close to Santa and and twenty two year old Melanie Jantz. Were they also sex workers? They were. Okay. Yes. There was another former sex worker. Her name was Chichi, who preferred not to be identified. So mm-hmm. that may not even be her real name. Yeah. Said that Hannah and Jantz. Used to work together in the streets. Okay. Chichi says she last saw Santa a week before she was reported missing. It says Santa reportedly waited or looked for clients in the Independence Avenue near the Zumwert bar and restaurant areas. So I'm guessing Independence Avenue was a popular like a, a track. That's what yeah, they call exactly. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like that this whoever the B one B one butcher yes is is. Most likely a John. Yes. But again, now what I said at the beginning of why I know of Namibia makes this kind of scary because you say he's unidentified. Mm-hmm. This could be a tourist. 
Possibly. This could be a person that just, you know, has the means to fly in for vacation, have, you know, with the intention of, you know, oh, it's Namibia, sex workers, I have money, and, and, the, and the money converts over crazy. Like, even my, my little bit of money goes a long way there, mm. and I can get my sexual thrills out, and, and if things go wrong, I, I can kill, and I'll just hop on a plane and leave. Yeah. Which makes this, like, super unsolvable. If yeah. the person isn't even in the country... And you're dealing with, uh, you know, a class of people who don't want to deal with the police and the authorities, and you know, because they, you know, for fear of being fears of being like prosecuted for what they do. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a, legit, a, a legitimate theory. I, it's it's always sucks to hear, especially one of the ladies that I'm gonna bring up, um, that were that was a sex worker, and I'll read it in a second, so I could just I could just say it now because I'm gonna go over it. But she was a sex worker, and you know, when they went to the family, they was like, you know, they they disputed that, like, no, she. She wasn't involved. One in of the everything. victims. One of the victims. Sorry, one of the victims. So they were saying he's like, no, you know, you're the, wrong, or that's not what they she were, did. Yeah, exactly. The one, the family, because they probably the family yeah, probably didn't know. They try, they're trying to defend her honor. It, yeah, you know. yeah, that too. But I mean, they probably to them, know, anyway. couldn't have known. But as well as like that doesn't you know that doesn't need to be the headline. Exactly. You yeah. know, she was our she was our sister, our daughter. It doesn't need to be sex worker slain. You know, you can use her name. Chichi also speculated that. Santa had fallen victim to the B1 butcher. Then the killer could be someone who has a long history with a sex worker. So mm-hmm. by all the victims being sex workers, it's like, yeah. well, this person preys on sex workers. Sex workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About a month after Jance's body was found, another young Winhoek resident, 21-year-old Juanita Marbula, was found decapitated mm. next to another section of the Western Bypass. The police reported that at the time... She was thought to have been a commercial sex worker mm-hmm. as well, but her family has disputed that. That's the you know the victim I was talking about. I earlier. feel like the family, a, fa- a family's always going to do that. I agree with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I agree with that. Um, especially, but that's my point. On how the media portrays, like yeah. the media is leading with all these sex workers are being slain, and their or or prostitutes are being slain, and it's you know women of the night, and it's like you know I'm trying to protect my image for myself of my child or my sister, but also I'm trying to protect it from the media because you guys are really making this to be their whole identity and who they are as a person. And they were so much more than that. So, but the best way I can do that is just to outright refute what you're saying. And like, they didn't do that at all because it's all negative connotation. So that's tough. That's very tough, but it's clear that that's this person is selecting from a very specific victim pool. So it's kind of undeniable. But it doesn't need to be the focal point of what it, when you're, you know, explaining who the victims are. You're saying that they're just sex workers. Yeah. So on October 24th, 2005, four weeks after Juanita's body was found, her head was found laying next to the B1 road between Winhoek and Rehoboth, which is about nine miles north of the spot where the two thighs that mm. belonged to Santa's body was, was found. Jesus. So, I mean, this dude was just yeah, like. butchers. You're not kidding. Was, he, this dude wasn't playing. I just whoever this person yeah, do, I don't, I don't know whoever this person was. The level of violence it takes to chop somebody up, you know, is like this is a really disturbed person. Yes. Yeah, I mean, evil, like, evil, evil. But it's not just like cutting off random fingers. Yeah, that's the the, the toes thing was toes. You know, yeah, this yeah. is really dark. It is, man. A goose said that it appeared as if the bodies of Juanita and Senna had been cut in the same exact way. So. With that information, they go, we, this is one person that's doing this. 
Yeah. At least these two mm-hmm. is one person that's doing this. Also, when they found Santa's body, that's the one, you know, with the tour where the mom had to identify her daughter. Mm-hmm. They didn't they never found her arms in her hands. They haven't been found yet when they when they first discovered her body. Jeez. So I don't know if this dude is like, is he pan, playing this like this mind game of just like scattering, scattering him all over the place? Or is mm-hmm. it like he's just I don't know. He could be disposing of something burning or disposing of some stuff but not other stuff i don't know that's tough but it, it sounds like it is like a dispo like a scattering type of thing because they're finding parts of other things that they found weeks later yeah, yeah. they're finding other you know other parts that go to the same body but weeks apart it's this is uh, very disturbing yeah so a reward of sixty thousand namibian dollars which is you know Three, but maybe they reflect three k in U.S. dollars mm. for information that would lead to the arrest of whoever this person was that killed these women and dismembered them. Yeah. In two thousand seven, there was a German-born Namibian who was accused of rape, who was arrested. German-born. Yes. So like an expat, like he moved there. Okay. Probably. Arrested and later linked to these unsolved murders. Okay. Right. However, after a long, they held him for a while, long detention. Did they extradite him back to Germany? They, no, no. Oh. At least I don't know. Oh. They, he was acquitted. He was, oh, that's what He was acquitted for the lack of evidence. Oh, shit. So he was let go. That's not a, that's not a not guilty. Right. Okay, but okay. In 2008, there was a man named Hans Husselman. I like that name. Who, Why? It just feels like a Hans. I like Hans. And it's Hustleman, so there's like a double entendre kind of thing. Like that could be a rap name. I get that. Hans Hustleman. I get that. Like Nipsey Hustle. Let's do this dirtbag. Oh, then never mind. He, so, he doesn't deserve to. Well, no, fuck, fuck him. him. I, think, yeah. I don't like that name. And his name. Mm-hmm. But this dude, Hans Hustleman, who committed, this dude committed suicide after. Now, he was already in trouble. Yeah. He got in trouble with some, some other shit. Okay. But he committed suicide after he was implicated to the series of, of these murders. Red flag. That ended in 2007. These these killings ended in 2007, but he they didn't ask, they didn't get to him till 08. Okay, but that's not long after they. That's not long after, yeah. right? As, exactly. So it's like they stopped, and then but he got he again got caught. He got caught doing something else. Yeah, I don't. I think what I did see was I did see an article where he he was got caught for murder some other women, um, and he was in jail for that. <laughs> Jeff for that yeah. but he was implicated on these mur- on these series of murders sucks. and he committed you, yeah. suicide I know you hate that because this sound that sounds like a very viable suspect yeah and now he's dead and you'll never and know the connection can never be definitive they don't we don't we will never know that sounds like that sucks guy. man that sounds like the guy though but yeah it's, it it sucks for us to when we when we talked about the, this before to the family too That's to the family mo- more importantly yeah to to be like we found a guy that possibly could have did this and he commits suicide and we go. We can say, we can sit up here and say like, that's definitely what's him, but yeah. it's like, it's not, in, it's not written in stone. We don't know. Yeah. And we we'll, have and no we'll idea. Never, and we'll, ne- and we'll, we'll never, never know. know. And that's, I know that sucks, man. Yeah. I know it sucks. To just have to go, I think it was. I, I'm going to go ahead and believe that it was him. But if you're wrong, this could happen again. Like this, another body could turn up. Like there's still a sick guy out there. So yeah. for it to never be definitive is so fucking, it's gotta be killing the detectives over there in Namibia, the families yeah. like, to not, to not know for sure that it's over. Yep. No closure. So in October, 2007, investigations were helped by three senior serial murder detectives from the Republic of South Africa. 
So I'm guessing they must have been like some top dogs. Yeah. Like, we need some help. Mm-hmm. Still, the murder se- the murder series was never solved. <clears throat> Still, the murder series was never solved. And it's believed that it may never be solved. Yeah. In 2010, so this is maybe, you know, three years after the after the murders had stopped. Yeah. Two years after, you know, they went after this. They thought they had the right guy. He commits, he commits In 2010, a human head and arm was discovered on the farm of the Rehoboth, raising fear that the butcher might be active again. A connection to the murders of the B1 butcher and this was, you know, however, not considered, mm. not considered likely because it did not show many, you know, other signs other than dismemberment. Other than dismemberment. And the body parts they were found, that were found in the highway wasn't just cut, they was also burned instead of frozen. Oh, the other body parts were frozen? They had I been don't... like preserved in some kind of way, it seemed like? Well, I know that two of the, two of the bodies from the B1 Butcher, they were in bags. Now, I don't know... It wasn't much information on it. Yeah, he took them home. They were. Fr- I don't know that. Yeah, but I'm guessing there was. They was like, well, these have been burned. Yeah, and these have been burned. I mean, frozen. So yeah, but I don't know anything. When I saw frozen, I went. That was a new piece. Of I information don't. I didn't see nothing in that in before, my research before at all. That yeah. Well, if they were frozen, that speaks to him preserving them until he wanted to. Or they. I don't know who this person is, but it speaks to them possibly preserving them in a freezer or something until they want to go release some new body parts to the world to drum up fear or or give more time to scatter them so that they're not connected. Like that mm-hmm. seems more intentional as opposed to they just chopped them up and just just and did it all in one night. Yeah, like they yeah. did it all in one night, but yeah. put these here and put those there. That's more likely that it's like, I'm going to get rid of these, then put these in the freezer for a couple of weeks, then get rid of them over here so that some time passes in between the the body parts, discoveries and stuff like that. Yeah. And maybe they won't make the connections, but this person was clearly wrong. I hate, but I hate giving people credit and like, credit like, for that. like it's some kind of master. So, yeah. I, I hate that. The frozen thing threw me off. So I'm just, that makes my brain spin. I'm trying to right. justify it in some kind of way. But yeah, no, I, I don't like doing that either, especially when there's no person to even to analyze. Right. Now, I don't know if this dude was a probably clearly a copycat. Probably. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been like this could have been like a hitman drug related type of thing. Probably. Where they you, you dismembering a body can be the, the, the cartels do that. Yeah. You know, like it can be a, a tactic of trying to dispose, especially when you burn and burning. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's like we don't even want you find, to find out who this person even yes. was. We want this, you know, this person gone, and mm-hmm. you know. But like I like we just talked about, you know, that those the, those body parts were burned, and the B one butcher was frozen. I'm like, maybe this dude was like had this methodical plan. Yeah, just like it's something to think about. Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. Um. But we don't. We never know who the, who this person was. It's probably that guy Hans. Hans Hustleman. I mean, if I wanted to choose somebody, I'm like definitely. I mean, if especially if I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, I don't know if you know for sure, but what you said, like whatever he got in trouble for, if it was murdering women or murdering a woman, yeah. I mean, and then he kills himself. Yeah. I after mean, he was implicated. On after these. he was implicated in these, yes. he's like, nope, I can't yeah. go down for that probably, too. Man. Feels like a strong. Like, feels like, a, at the very least, strong suspect. And in a case where the, it's unsolved, so no other suspects have been discovered, uh, the strong suspect being gone it makes him even a stronger of a suspect. 
Yeah. Like we never even found another strong suspect after this guy was implicated and committed suicide. There's no other strong suspect. So it's, you know, it feels likely that it was him. Like I said, if I was going to point out somebody, it would be him. Yeah. We don't know. This dude fucking is a chump. Couldn't. Sure. He definitely wasn't going to face what he needed to face. That's for sure. No. But yeah, man, if anybody, I think it was Hans. This dude is gone, killed himself. But um, yeah, there was a copycat. There was no other information on whoever that person was mm -hmm. that did this. Maybe it was just a one-off. Like I said, it had, yeah. probably had something to do with drugs or something like that. Yeah. And that was it. But yeah, man, that was the B1 Butcher, man. It was, uh, wow. I don't, I, that's maybe the first story I've done in Namibian. That was Namibian. So, yeah. uh, well, wow. Street names, are, you know, the names you get in those type of stories are crazy. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I may have butchered some of them or like the you know. names. And I just want to, you know, if family members out there, yeah, here. the family's ever hear this, I did my best. Yeah. I tried to put his information out there and say the name. So, no disrespect. You know, yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah. But it's always good to get these, even if it's, if it's not in the States. Yeah. You still want the, that information put out there. Because so, that's even it could help. It's hard. It could help. It's hard to get, you know, people of color cases and, and true crime stories involving people of color here here any attention exactly. let alone in a small country and exactly. on another continent so yeah. absolutely that's that's 100 percent facts what you just said yeah. um but what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back it's my turn to get into some fucked up shit so stick around All right, and we are back. Fran, my yes. affirmative my affirmative murder this week is the story of Hattie Yvonne Jackson. What are you doing? Why do you why are you are you trying covering to like, my mouth? Are you, are you building the uh suspense? The tone and suspense of yeah, the Yeah, I'm just story trying to make or? sure my face my my voice was booming a bit at the beginning. All right. But this is an audio medium, so they wouldn't have even known that was happening. But no, my hand is my hand is now removed. Yeah. It's for people because nobody knows anything. Your voice is so high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Hattie Yvonne Jackson was about six or seven years old in July of 1961. It was a summer afternoon when she went out to Rock Creek Park in Washington, D.C. with her 10-year-old brother as well as a group of friends. And what year was this again? 1961. This is, this is different times. Civil rights. Just walking this, out? This is pre-civil rights kids? era. Yeah, black kids. It's different going out and pop, you know, going out into the world. So, like, even in the idea, we hear a lot of people talk about the good old days where you yeah. leave the doors unlocked and yeah. everything. That is true for this era, but it's also this is a group of black kids. And when I get into the stuff that they were doing, some of these places people are going to be looking and also feel like you're not supposed to be here because there are rules in place, yeah, and Jim Crow and civil rights and all these yeah. things, and you're not supposed to be here, separate but equal. And this so is not all the way down south, though. That's a plus. No, DC. DC is a predominantly yeah. black city, so yeah, yeah I, I guess that's better. But the rules, even in a predominantly black city, the rules still apply. Yeah, the rules is still the rules. It's, I'm just, but well, but it's better than yes. It's just not a yeah. You might not. You're not gonna hope. Knock on wood, but like an Emmett, you're not gonna get an Emmett Till type of situation. Right. It's not you know backwoods Southern vitriolic racism yeah. it's just more so like you know your place racism like you're you know you're not supposed to be in the store right that's against the rules yeah. which is like a lot more insidious to me when you know the idea that there was a time in this country so many different times but like there was a time in this country that was beyond the violence where it was hey you know you're not supposed to be here mm -hmm. and then a person or or even less than that you wouldn't a, a person in a position of dominance wouldn't even have to say that you would just know. Yeah. 
And I feel like that still exists in the DNA of a lot of minorities in this country today, whether it's black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever. You you feel this societal pressure of, oh, we're not supposed to be here. Yeah. This neighborhood is too nice. Like we're going to people are going to look at us, but we're not supposed to be in nice neighborhoods yeah. or nice stores or, you know, this reminds me of, I just heard this on a podcast and this was a comedy podcast. This came up. It was the guy said it was like genetic trauma. Or yeah. Something like that. And we talk about that. A lot. We did. Yeah. I, I, I mean, no, we I, talked, like we, I heard we, it and I was like, I feel like, but I, but how he broke it down. I've never, I don't think we went that deep into it, maybe but it was just like, we, I know we talked about it. I know I've heard it before and I go, but when I heard it again, I went like, I was like, Oh shit, you know, that's, that's really, a real thing coming from a white person yeah. that that talks about it and mm-hmm. it's like we sometimes in our you know we don't know if it's true though you know how how do we how true we know it is but anyway my point is to have that go through you you born with like this fear that was that's been passed down to you mm-hmm. and you get into a situation where you go like never been taught where it's like i know this is it's, it's, it's a, a feeling it's, in my it's, stomach yeah, it's in my it's, bones this is not right I was on Wine and Crime recently, and uh, Amanda did a, she talked about, no, I'm sorry, it was Lucy, she talked about a study where they took mice, mm-hmm. and they had them smell a specific type of flower, I think it was like a orchid or something like that, and they would shock the mouse whenever they would smell the orchid, and then that mouse had babies, and the babies had an aversion to smelling orchids, like if they smelled orchids, their heart rate would go up, they would feel fear of orchids yeah. and they were never shocked that's crazy so it that trauma can pass down yeah you know and that, that's crazy you know so that's you know can you pinpoint it and you know say like this is the trauma gene no no but i know there are things that whether from an you know a young age i heard it internalized before i even knew what words were i knew like White people this, society that, police this, don't go here, this store that, they'll follow you around the grocery store. All these things that just kind of were like engraved on my body to just know and feel. I can't explain why I know how to move the way I move in society. Nobody sat me down and taught me a class, but I know when I'm being followed around the store and I know... You know, when I see a police in the mirror, slow down. Like, because they, even if you're going five miles over, you don't want to give them a reason to pull you over. These are all things that just are constantly spinning in my brain. I'm not, it's not a playbook that I'm following. It just is like instinct. But how old would you, not to get too off track, but how old were you when you, when there was a time where it was where like race, some type of racial situation happened where you was like, oh, I can't, I, everything that I've heard, I get it now. Cause there was a time where I was like, I've never had to, at least I was too naive to be like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever this person did or her, this is racist. Yeah. You I never had that. You just on just a dick, they're just, a dick or something. Yeah. yeah I yeah. just, I didn't have a thought where I was like, oh, you know, you hear stories, but when you, when it happens to you, it's, it's a different feeling because I never, I feel like I've never had a situation where I was like, oh, this is, where I was like, oh, this, that was racist until I had been actually called the N-word, which was like five years ago. Yeah. Before then, mm-hmm. I've, I, can, I can honestly say I've never been in a situation where I was like, that's racist. Or this racism happened to me until that until that happened. And and that's the dark thing about racism. So that's a hard question to answer because you're talking about like outright explicit racism, right? But because I'm like a hypersensitive person and I'm a cynical person, so I'll blame something on some shit because my mind will go and make a whole scenario as to why this was intentional. And I, I could be wrong, but society dictates that I'm not wrong. So I've had plenty of interactions where like I might have been asked politely like, Hey, like, did you pay for that? And in my mind, I'm like, they're asking me that because I'm black. You know what I mean? So, that it, but like, I could be wrong, but I know I'm not wrong, and that's but, hard to explain to somebody who hasn't hasn't lived my. Experience. But that's my point, though. 
I haven't had straight those up, thoughts straight until, up being called the N word. I mean, that's happened to but me. But I mean, couple. like I haven't. But I'm, my my point is, I haven't had that thought until after that. I never been. Like, I never had. You just, you just like, were like, you just were like, just like, oh, they just were asking if I stole something. Yeah, because I, I was young. Oh, I was young. I I was just. Yeah. I just it never went through my mind until after that situation happened. Sure. Where I go like, oh, okay, yeah. You know that's that was that was weird. That's interesting. I don't know if so. You could have had a bunch. You could have had thousands of microaggressions yeah, in your life, and you just were like, "Wow, that lady was really, uh, was really following me around the store, just making sure so people must steal here a lot." Yeah. It has nothing to do with me being black and a guy. Wow. It just is like that. She probably follows everybody around the store. Yeah. So yeah, you probably have experienced a ton of like those kind of microaggressions yeah. in your life. I'm sure I have, and, and you didn't wake and up I to it until know. you were explicitly had a racist, yeah, you know, moment in yeah. your life. Yeah. No, I've been like that. For a long time. So I've experienced, or I've felt like I've experienced a ton of microaggressions since I was like 12 years old. Mm. Where I really am really realizing somebody, oh yeah, uh, you know, you're probably really good at basketball. or And I'm not. So it's like, you know, like any of those kind of things where I'm, I'm a chubby 11-year-old kid, but you're getting picked at a predominantly white situation. They're like, that guy, like he's probably, you know, he's black, so he knows how to do this. Or any of that type of shit. It's all different than being called like racial slurs. Yeah. But it's all ingrained in here's my blanket mm-hmm. cast a brush on you of who you are based on what you look like. Yeah. And it's happened to me a ton of times in my yeah. life. I I'm told just, you about that time I was at a wedding and it was the it was guys like straight up calling me Kanye. Yeah. You told me. But like but like being nice to me, but I could tell they were like being cool or whatever, but then like snickering to each other like yeah it's called him kanye again yeah here's take another shot kanye yeah that type of shit you know what i'm saying right, i had the same situation where a girl was like you know i told her where she was like oh i know you listen to lil wayne and it was like <laughs> i laugh but i didn't until like until after it happened yeah i was like that was racist that was racist because uh-huh. i'm black and you know rap music and uh-huh. I was like, damn yeah and i just never had but again i didn't maybe i'm just like Cause I be I'm in my own head a lot, uh-huh. so also I'll go like you ain't really paying attention. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> I, if people don't no, know, whatever. Yeah. I didn't realize I lost my smell until like two days after I lost. <laughs> I just be I'll just go. I'll just like I'm just I'll just go with the flow and I'll yeah. just and I'll just like if this is going to ruin my day, I don't even want to. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. uh, indulge in that. Don't I'll take just, it in. Yeah. I'll, but then after that situation happened, I go. I can't help it now. Yeah. I really can't help it. Mm-hmm. So. You should be able to be a space cadet, man. That sucks that, like, you know, yeah, that man. was kind of ruined for you because I love ignoring people, but I can't do it a lot of times unless I'm blatantly pretending to be asleep or something. <laughs> but, like, when people are talking to me, I'm listening, I'm absorbing it, I'm judging it, like, I'm analyzing it. I have to completely check out of a conversation for me to not even be taking it in. I can do it so So the idea though. that you're like, oh, I can do it cool. effortlessly. Oh, cool, yeah. I can just. Like, and be engaged in the, I've seen you yeah. do it. Where you're I just like, oh, yeah, yep. uh-huh. And I am totally, you can be like, what? He talk, I'll go, I don't have no idea. None. I think it's a talent. In my I envy head. that. No, that's a good skill. <laughs> I envy that for sure. Because I'm like, what do they mean? What do they mean? I bet you could make a mean sandwich. I'm like, what the fuck? Why me? What are you saying? That's everything. I'm a psycho, bro. Anybody, anything anybody's ever said to me, I'm like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Huh. And then I'll fixate it on it for like the rest of the day. And maybe till like after And it could like, be innocuous. Maybe Nothing after to like do with, yeah. 30 minutes though, you'll go. I can see you go. All right, well, I'm a, I'm kind of over this. Uh-huh. Like I've, I've it seen- doesn't, It doesn't sit on me, but yeah. I, I'll analyze but it. But I mean, like after a while, yeah. I go like, I can tell he's over this right now. Yeah. And you just yeah. like still, but you stuck- But, you but it, have, ran, it ran yeah. its course. It <laughs> ran its course. Oh, don't get it twisted. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. ran its yeah. course. I got over it because I ran every scenario and I was like, no, nah, it wasn't that bad. But I ran a thousand scenarios. It's like a PC up here. If you ever see me go like, I'm not worried about it. That's because I went, 
what's the worst case scenario yeah. <laughs> and do i think that's what it is no it's not all right cool we can move on so yeah that's the thing. anyway did not even get super Sorry, far into the <laughs> we went off on a Sorry. thing because i barely even went so anyway these group of young black kids went to a park uh-huh. that's as much as i've gotten yeah. yeah this group of young black kids went to a park and as they were enjoying a summer day swimming in the creek, Rock Creek Park in Washington, D.C., okay. a police officer spotted them and ordered them out of the water because the waters were polluted, allegedly. Right. He could have. I'm not going to upset with that. Yeah, I can't get upset with yeah, that. Yeah. That, that could have just been a police officer really looking out for the kids. Yeah. But he also could have not wanted them swimming in the water. Yeah. This is those times. So we, we'll never know. Yep. And again. That's the darkness of racism. Yeah. Because it could have just been. I mean, That's I, how I would think. I would go, man, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's been he's a good guy. being a good cop. Yeah. yeah, you know, just making sure we don't get sick, yep. you know. But it could have been something else. Anyway, an unidentified middle-aged white man witnessing the scene from a distance approached the children and offered to drive them to another nearby spot where they could, where the water wasn't contaminated. Okay. Uh, however, the children declined the offer and they went back to playing dry. They just were like, let's, let's make up another game yeah, as yeah. kids do. No more swimming. We'll just do something else. So they continued to play and have a good time until they realized that Hattie was gone. Mm-hmm. She was not. She was like, while the, all the chaos of getting out of the water and the guy coming over and all this stuff. And then they went back to playing and doing something else. And they're playing for a quick second. And her brother's out there. Mm-hmm. And then they realized like, oh, Hattie's not with us. Yeah. Several witnesses reported seeing two young men helping Hattie into a dull blue or gray older oh, model man. Chrysler, possibly a Plymouth, with a ye- with yellow license plates near Rock Creek Park. Mm. So you turn your head for a second, yeah. you know, you know, terrifying. Uh, this was proven to be true when search dogs traced Hattie's scent down to the area where the sighting was made. Okay, so where people were saying they saw this happen of her yeah. being put in a car, the dogs tracked her scent to that location. Mm. Additionally, the car's driver matched the description of the man who initially offered the children a ride to another swimming hole. There was a guy that was like, hey, kids, I just saw you guys got kicked out of the water. Oh, okay. I know, I another, I know okay. another place where you guys can go swim where the water's not contaminated. Okay. And they were like, no, thanks, mister. Thank you, though. But in the midst hmm. of all that conversation, Hattie was taken at some point. So when they said no to that guy, they went back to playing as a group. And then they looked around and were like, here, you catch Hattie. And then they're like, Hattie's not here. Hmm. So wow. in the midst of between the police officer telling them to get yeah. out of the water and then another man coming over and offering to take them somewhere in his car Crazy. to go to another swimming hole. Thankfully, these kids were like, no, because oh, yeah. they were just swimming. So that's a good offer. But, yep. you know, they were wise to say no. But while all that was happening, somebody snatched Hattie. So, like I said, the car's driver matched the description of the guy who came up to the kids at the watering hole. Mm-hmm. The region where she went missing was searched extensively, but nothing ever turned up. There are theories and speculation that whatever car Hattie is suspected to have been abducted in drove out of town, thus leaving a significantly smaller chance of detectives picking up a trail. Damn. Because he's not a, they're not a local person. Right. Like, they got out of town. Once they put her in the car, they left the town. They left D.C. Now, do you think it's like these situations or any story we've done, do you think it's opportunity or it's just like... They woke up like, I'm going to do this today. That's hard because, like, where does does one of those lines end and one of those begins? Like, I mean, I would assume you always have a, you know, know, a predilection to wanting to take or, like, be with children in some kind of way. But it has to go through with it, though? So that's the opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. That's the, where it's like, you don't just all of a sudden are like, you know what? I think I want to abduct a kid. 
you always are like looking at kids or something mm-hmm. if that's who you are, yeah. and then opportunity presents itself. So that's a hard one for me but to all, answer. Like, the I don't opportunity know if can always wakes be up right. Opportunity can decides. always be there until you go like, oh, this is now I have the this actual is, yeah. Oh, oh you, this, this is the day. I'm gonna make a move. This is the day that I'm gonna do yeah, it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't know where that line, mm-hmm. one, one of those lines, end and one of those yeah, begins yeah, because like he could have for weeks wanted to do it and then this kid everybody's turned their head for a second i'm gonna do it but nobody's just like you know what today i've decided i'm gonna be a child abductor yeah like it's always there and then one day you get an opportunity and some people take it and some people don't yeah i would not be surprised if there were more like sexual deviants child molesters and stuff in the world than we know of because they find a way out of fear or something to not act on their on their on their mm-hmm. you know their desires and that's why that show to catch a predator is so wild to me because every single person on that show went i've never done this before i was going to come here and tell them you shouldn't be doing this this is the first time this is nothing like this always they always say that and it's like do i believe that but possibly they could have possibly like this person presented themselves and responded in the way i'm looking for a kid to respond to my my you know my flirts or whatever Mm. fucking gross shit and because the opportunity presented itself i was then coaxed out i was coaxed into following my dark desire and my perversion but i wouldn't just do it with any kid but a kid that's like do you want to come over (laughs) ha 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 so dumb when they fall for this shit my parents aren't home i'm seven and they left me here for the weekend what how much does that make no, but that's how fucking perverted and fucking your mind's all crazy and you can't believe the opportunity is presenting yeah. itself. Then they show up with flowers. It's like, why do you, Doesn't what are you, what are you doing? That's, they go, hey, I don't want to fade their high yeah, face. Whoa, man. Hey. Walk off fast. Yeah, it's insane, bro. And that's, that's, no, nah, we got you. It was a brilliant show. You can't, that, be, you can't beat them up, can you? Can't fight them? No, em? you can't fight. You can't beat fight. I mean, there are YouTube ones. I've gone down this road a bit where there are, oh, like, I have to. Like, you know, vigilante of the, I guess Chris Hansen was a vigilante too, but he wasn't looking to beat anybody up. But there are more aggressive ones on YouTube where people like really get confrontational and they're like, we're going to call your job. I mean, like a fight though. No, you deserve to have your ass beat. For sure. They all deserve to have their ass beat, but I've never seen anybody get their ass beat. But yeah, man. So this, I, I don't have the answer to that. You know, like what, what, what about this day? What about Hattie? What about these kids? Why was he in the park? Maybe he just happened to be in the park. You know, I can't say he was in the park to abduct kids, but he could have been. Yeah. I just don't know where the line, one of those lines end and the other one begins. It's all kind of gray and like, you know, you see something that you like and you go for it. I don't know. Yeah. Sick I really shit. wish you could just study your brain. That would be. Yeah. You could just like take it and put it on like some type of machine. Oh, and scan it. And just scan it. And give and, it, and then like, print it out in words. Yeah. And it's like. This guy's got fucking codes sick and as goes, shit. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. That would be crazy. Yeah. Maybe in uh, get, I think we're getting there. I don't even think it would be that long. I, that's because we may not be alive. That's probably why. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's not go down that road because I will spiral and it will be a dark night for me. Uh, anyway, so like I said, it's suspected that this person kid abducted Hattie and immediately left the city mm-hmm. of DC. So that might be why this she was she was never found mm. because they might have been looking locally for too long, whereas just, they're getting more time to be on the road and get further away from DC. Yeah. So on May third, nineteen sixty two. The corpse of a little girl was found mm. in the Skullkill River in outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Whoa. Yeah. Shit. So this is, I, did, I looked it, it up right on then. Google Maps and uh, the Skullkill River is about two and almost three hours from yeah. Rock Creek Park. 
like two hours and 45 minutes of a drive. So uh, the body of a little girl was found in the Skullkill River. The body was stuffed in a milk box with clotheslines around it. Mm. The Jane Doe was a, a four to six year old African American female. The body was missing a head, and what? and the fourth finger on her right hand was partially amputated and wrapped like and bandaged, Bandage? like it was taken care of. Like a part of her finger was cut off, or you know, fell off, yeah. or slammed in something and came off, and but it was ba- it wasn't just left alone. It was bandaged. Damn. And the child was about three foot four and around 45 pounds. It seemed like the killer tried to set the body on fire due to burns on the feet and back. The cause of death was never determined. Her body was found on March 11th, 1962. Hattie was the only girl reported missing that fit, the, uh, that fit both the space and the time that this Jane Doe case was open when they found, when they found mm-hmm. this body. So there was only one girl that even fit the description of this Jane Doe at the time that the Jane Doe was found in yeah. the in the um, um Skull, uh, in the Skullkill River, mm-hmm. there are theories that this Jane Doe is in fact Little Hattie Jackson, but one of the arguments against this theory is that it would mean that she was possibly kept alive for almost a year, about ten months, uh, before her kidnappers decided to brutally kill her. Which, in my opinion, the partially amputated finger that is bandaged. And the attempts to make the body unrecognizable through, you know, beheading the body and attempting to burn it kind of lend itself to a long term abduction. Yeah. You know, because it's like and it was so far. Yeah. Because if it let's say this is Hattie Jackson and it, it, it wouldn't make sense that if that is Hattie Jackson. She was bandaged. So, you know, she was kept in a long time. They were making sure that she was, you know, at least not, you know, bleeding. And then when it came time that they decided, you know, we feel paranoid or whatever, when we get rid of her, we're going to try to make her unrecognizable by decapitating her and trying to burn the body. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that the idea that it's this Jane Doe was found 10 months after Hattie disappeared rules her out as being Hattie because I hate to keep, they never found her. And I hate to keep bringing up who took Johnny Gosh, but there's dark shit going on in the world, man. I mean, just last year, Atlanta, there was like a bunch of stings that they busted up all these pedophile rings. Like this shit happens. Like people abduct children and don't just kill them the day that they're killed. Sometimes they keep them for a while. This isn't an absurd thing to think. Yeah. And there was no other child that went missing that fit the description of this Jane Doe other than Hattie Jackson. Yeah. So it, it, it is reasonable to think that it's possible that this Jane Doe is Hattie Jackson even though it's two and a half hours from Rock Creek Park. I but think that means they, didn't, more they, never fa- they never found her yeah. anywhere near Rock Creek Park. They never found a body. Nobody will recognize her 200, 200 miles away. Especially if the, the body's beheaded. and you know. Yeah. So the argument against it, to me, if that's the big argument, which that was kind of the only argument that I saw against it, was the, t- the fact that it was 10 months apart and finding the bodies. Yeah. That can be explained away for me. And I've seen enough things in situations where people were the girl in the box, you know, there's, there's cases where people are taken and held captive for a long time. Yeah. Those three women in, in uh, Cleveland where the guy that went to McDonald's, he found those girls. They were on, at that guy's house for months. Yeah. It just happens. Elizabeth smart. Like these things happen. Kids get, people get abducted and they get kept ca- held captive. Like I said at the beginning of the show or before, before your story or no, before we went to break, 
there was a woman in Kansas City who was abducted and kept in a, a basement, and they yeah. found her. You know, so and she was a black woman, and nobody believed that she was abducted. They just thought she'll turn up. So this little black girl, I don't like that. They're like, that's impossible. Who would keep her for? You know, I don't think that any. You know, why would they keep her for ten months? And then I don't like that. It's absolutely possible. Is it it a race thing? I don't think it's a race thing, but it's it's nineteen sixty. It's nineteen sixty two that it happened. But I'm talking about it in 2022, and that's one of the, th- the theories that I saw as to why it wouldn't be her is that it was a 10-month thing. And if, we're, if that theory was floated, it's still being floated today, we have examples of Elizabeth Smart and the women in Cleveland where, like, women do get abducted and, and held captive. So that's not ruling this out because mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. So why is it being dismissed that it could happen to this little black girl? So, again, it's one of those situations where it's like, I can't sit here and say that it's racist, but racism in the media could play a role in why – one of the arguments against this being this little girl's body is that, well, people don't just abduct people for 10 months. It's like, no, that they, that happens all the time. I see people, oh, a girl escaped from a basement of a, whatever. That happens. So why is it like, no, nah, that, that probably isn't her because she was taken 10 months prior to this body being found. Yeah. She has in the 60s. There's no, there's no way it was going to be able to track. No, oh, no, no. There's, I don't even know if the Amber Alert was a thing yet. Thomas Welton Holland was the primary suspect in Hattie's disappearance for a brief moment. He had a record of interstate robberies, so he was moving around, yeah. driving around, traveling state to state. And he had, uh, on his record, he had committed sex crimes against children. Mm. What about his car? No, there was no, no MVA? No, I had no information on his car. Oh. Yeah, but um, that's a solid suspect in a case where a, a, a girl could have been trafficked to another state yeah. and, you know, Attacked. Where did he reside? There's no information on that either. I didn't have. I don't have ton a ton of information about the details of this guy. But uh, although no evidence ties him to the disappearance, he does resemble a sketch made of the man who was seen at the park uh, before Hattie vanished into thin air. From the kids. From the kids. Okay. Yes. If Hattie Jackson is alive today, she would be nearly seventy years old. I think there is a strong chance that the Jane Doe in the milk box is little Hattie, mm. but it is unclear whether the definitive answer will ever come to light. Yeah. In January of 2019, the daughter of Hattie Jackson's older brother who was there with her that day asked if she could help the police with the case by submitting a DNA sample. The lieutenant in charge of the missing persons unit for the Metropolitan Police Department then contacted her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any uh, update on that, but I would assume contacted she- who? Her the the daughter of of Hattie's older brother. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, because she right. you know they have the, same, yeah, yeah. have the same DNA. So she she's like, can I give you a sample? I assume he reached out to her and and got that sample, but I have no update on mm. if they've used it, if it's amounted to anything. Yeah. It hasn't amounted to anything. The case is still unsolved. But he the lieutenant that's in charge of the Metropolitan Missing Persons Unit reached out to Hattie's brother's daughter, and I would assume that DNA was given to them. For them to use to run in the database. So probably wasn't her. Well, I don't. Here's another complication. So they don't know where they. At least again, this is as of. No, it's so hard to get information mm. about these cases that involve people of color. But as of 2019, they could not find the Jane Doe's body. Oh shit! So it would be as simple as yeah. if if Hattie's uh, daughter comes forward and says, "Here, I have some DNA. Run it against the Jane Doe." But they don't know where it is. And it was nowhere to like put it in a database. Yes, exactly, because it's 1962. Yeah. So it's like, who who knows where it is? Shit. So they can't even go, well, we because they have a body. They could do a DNA test and see if it matches with his 
the brother's daughter, but they don't know where the body is. Yeah. It's 1962. I mean, I don't even know if they had an idea to archive a body of a little girl, you know? But where is it, though? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know what they did with. What do you do with something when you go? Is there a grave grave for like Jane Doe's and probably, probably. I mean, but I don't know if there's like a grave, like a graveyard, like where they specifically go. It could just be like lost in an. It could be lost in an evidence locker. It could have been thrown away. Could have been thrown away in like a biohazard type of trash can or something like that. It's like we we're done with it. It's we don't need it anymore. So they. But yeah, as of 2019, they don't have the body. Um. Anyway. Although this case is still unsolved, it is a good sign that Hattie Jackson's family is still actively participating in getting closure mm-hmm. and willing to provide DNA. So, you know, there's DNA available for testing. And if there is ever a break in the case that a body is found. So um, there's also a, a unit in Philadelphia that uh, went and is going and reopening Jane Doe cases. And if DNA, I don't know if they got DNA from the same young lady as well. But if they are, if they have her sample and they're running Jane, they're like opening up old Jane Doe cases where they do have body or DNA of, evidence of young African American of young African American kids, they can run it uh, with the DNA sample that they have and see if anything matches. Mm-hmm. So having DNA available to run against, you know, other samples that they have is a good thing. Yeah. But to this day, the case of Hattie Yvonne Jackson is still open and unsolved. She's still a missing person. So maybe we'll get some information on the Hattie Yvonne Jackson case someday. But for now, it is still an unsolved case. She is still considered a missing person. And we hold out hope that someday the family will get closure and however that comes. So I don't know. That's sad. Man. Yeah, very sad. Yeah. So prayers to the pr- prayers to the Jackson family. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get into these good vibes. Good, 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 good vibration. All right, folks, this week we're going to do things a little bit differently because we have to get out of here. So we're going to be doing one good vibe story. I found one to, to deliver really quick, and it's an interesting one. It's a fun one, just in time for the hol- Halloween season. So uh, there's something strange in the neighborhood, and it's up for rent. <laughs> Sony, and <Vacation> Re- <laughs> Sony and Vacation Rental Property, Vacasa are taking bids for the holiday rental of a fully furnished, fully functional, and fully frightful Ghostbusters headquarters. A group of friends can win a three-night stay at a at a at a recreation of the building set used in the famous 1984 movie set in Portland, Oregon, Ghostbusters. I didn't know it was set in Portland. That's interesting. Uh, the private two-bedroom, three-story firehouse built in the early 1900s includes all the comforts. Of home with a full kitchen, multiple living quarters, and endless Ghostbusters features, including a scientist-approved ghost contaminate ghost contaminant system, a dark room where guests can develop and, and analyze photos of the of the scourge of Carpathia. Uh, the beds are freshly made. The ectoplasm has been expertly cleaned up, and the pantry is stocked with state puff marshmallow and cheesy crackers. As long as as long as Slimer doesn't get to them first, <laughs> these are this is a very heavy uh, Ghostbusters reference uh, article. Anyway, the the article goes on to say we're dedicated to the details, and this Ghostbusters firehouse in Portland is no ex- is no exception. This is from Allison Lowry, the CMO of Vasca. Um, among the details are perfect replicas of the flight suit of the 
of the flight suits worn by the Ghostbusters to take all possible Instagrammable experiences to the next level. It's designed to be enjoyed by Ghostbusters superfans and travelers with the sense of the 80s nostalgia alike. This is also from Lowry. Uh, all of all of Egon's essentials, including smoking ghost rap, uh, smoking ghost traps, a PKE meter, proton packs, aura video analyzer, and even an ecto contaminant unit are available throughout the firehouse. So guests have everything they need to send ghosts back to their place of origin or the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Visit Vasca.com listing on october 21st of 2022 at 10 a.m you got to get in line quick because it's going to go fast this is pacific time so october 21st pacific time for the chance to, and this is actually this is going to be after that so yeah the, when this comes out you guys won't be able to do anything don't worry about it <clears throat> so um anyway to wrap it up there's a, a firehouse in portland that is a exact replica from the movie ghost busters but it'll probably be booked fully booked when you hear this because it it's already started to go out on, on, on the website. So anyway, this was a great Halloween surprise yeah. to honor the movie Ghostbusters. I love that film. I also love the new Ghostbusters reboot. I, I had a, I had a fun time watching that. I love Paul Rudd. I'll watch anything Paul Rudd's in. I thought it was fun. A lot better than the one with like Leslie Mann and Melissa McCarthy. And that, that one was silly. This one was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, so Fran, um, we don't really have time for two good vibes. But is there, are you, have you been watching anything? You got any recommendations or anything nah. like that? Nope. No? Ready to oh. go. Okay, cool. Really quick, <laughs> really quick before we get out of yeah. here, I will say House of the Dragons, um, the episode before the season finale. So when this comes out, the the, the season finale has come out. Okay. But I will say, I was a person who was kind of on the fence about the season, haven't loved it. But the episode before the season finale, tying everything together for me, I've, I'm understanding that I knew this the whole time, but now I fully saw it happen. Is This season is just setting up for all the stuff that's coming. So there's not going to be any big war or anything. It's setting up. And what they're setting up, now that I see it fully play out in this episode before the season finale, I'm more in now. Mm. The, the last episode before the season finale was really good, fun, dramatic. It's setting up a dark king, and the stakes are now higher. Because before, I was like, who cares who ends up on the throne? But now You're I'm just like- just bashing the show like two weeks ago. Yeah, I know, but now it's the, the show. that's how the show goes. It ties things together. That's not, but that's now, not what real, real fans do. I'm not a real fan. This you is are, a new though. show. I don't know anything. I don't know any of these people. He was excited. I was like, I've been waiting for this 10 years. I have. And then and you get to come in here and watch it. That's what. That's that's you. You bailed on the show, so that's, I didn't know what you're talking Is that not you what can, you did? You no, can, no, 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 no. Don't do this. You bailed on the see, show, no, so no, no, you don't no, need to no, talk no. right now. Let me give people some insight. wrap up my point if I can? Let me give some Alvin, my new segment called Alvin Insight. Please. This is what he does when he know I'm right. What are you right about? You know I'm right. What are you trying to push it back on me like what are you right what are you right about? My point is you was on here bashing the show. Yes. Now I'm disappointed like, oh, in how the season's couple, been. I watched an episode last before this. It was a really oh, good episode. Back back on board. Uh, I got, I it got was my, a really good episode. All right, man, whatever. I've been disappointed in how the season has been. There was a good episode hey, man, and and hey. I now see the vision. Sure. I don't you What are you getting upset for? It's okay. Well, I'm not upset. I just you, are upset. you watched two episodes and you, you bailed. You so upset. why are you talking? It's fine. Anyway, it's a TV show. Uh, it's setting up for something really good. And as we're speaking, the season finale has happened, and I'm I have high expectations for it to continue to set up for what's coming in season two. But don't expect a big war or anything like that. Like I was at episode five, I was expecting big things to happen, and now I fully see and recognize mm. that it's setting up for season two. This is a fully set up season. Mm. It's only a setup season. There's nothing mm. coming this season it's okay. all coming next season and that all came together mm. and was made apparent 
in the episode before the last episode, That's which so. you will never see because you watch two episodes. All right. anyway, I don't want you to come on here a couple weeks later. I was like, I'm upset because I thought well, this there's no was couple weeks left. The last episode comes out. I'm talking about, talking about the new season. The new season. I, I have high expectations for the second season okay, because then. I think it's setting up for his big. And what stuff if you're wrong? Happen. If I'm wrong, then I'll say I don't like it, which see? I have the right to do. <laughs> You, you could be a fan All of something right. and then it disappoints you and you, you don't like it anymore. Right. That's fine. Hey, man. You know? Uh, anyway, Fran, uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. I'm giving it until season two when he's coming here upset and he's upset. Uh, deuces, I guess. I'll say that. <laughs>